everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 190th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend out there in the lovely sun, celebrating with your family and your friends and getting together for cookouts and whatnot, but also remembering everybody who has died out in the armed services. It's a, it's a great time to remember those who are no longer with us. But again, I, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. But of course, now it's time to get back to Jurassic Park, the one thing that you love that we can all connect over. In this episode, we're going to head to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics in the Jurassic Wire. Aaron Byer and I will tackle some of the most recent news and rumors and spotlight a member or members of the community. So, of course, we hope you like everything that we feature in the eighth iteration of the Jurassic Wire. Of course, all debates and conversations in this segment are our own opinions and insights from the things that we've learned in the news and around the community. Stay tuned to the beginning of this segment to hear everything that we'll be discussing. So I do want to make this a short intro for you guys and get into that awesome discussion with Aaron. But of course, we do have some business to take care of. So first off, I did want to highlight our website. We do have a great um, companion piece, I guess you could say, to the Jurassic Wire this week. Where one of the things that we're going to be discussing, uh, there's a lot of updates and things that you want to check out and see visually. So you can head to our website to find that article. Um, And I think it's a great companion piece. You can actually see exactly what we're talking about to kind of get a good idea. Um, I'll I'll keep it vague, but uh, go check it out. Um, Also over on YouTube, we took it a little easy, I think, over the holiday weekend there. Um, But before that, earlier in the week, we did a toy hunt over at Kohl's. And um, it's been a while since I've, I've been to Kohl's to check out what kind of merchandise that they have for Jurassic World. There's still a lot of kids' clothes and uh, some toy leftovers and, and whatnot, but um, I was excited to see all the kids' clothes and, and a few adults' clothes as well, but mostly some like really, really cool kids' stuff. Um, we also did another toy hunt video where we found uh, the items from Battle at Big Rock. I was finally able to track down those two items in the Pseudoceratops and the Allosaurus. I was, I'm, I was just like off the wall i was so happy to finally track them down even though it hasn't been that long it just felt like it had because everybody's finding these really cool items and i it took me a little bit longer i feel like um especially being on the east coast where all the toys make their way out there very slowly um and then uh after that we did a a review of the parasaurolophus uh the dino rivals um dual attack parasaurolophus which is an interesting one for me i don't like it I'll, I'll be straightforward. I just don't like it. And uh, I, I feel like I made that s- 
pretty apparent, I guess you could say, in that uh, in that review. So make sure to go check that one out. That one was filmed, I think, a little while back. Um, it did take me a little bit longer to pick that one up because I was kind of uh, just debating it for a very long time, but I did get around to getting it and reviewing it. Um, I also did review the Nasuda Ceratops. Um, I think that thing's really cool, so check out that review. And then Tom Fishenden actually um, uploaded a Jurassic World Evolution feature focus um, news break, so you can kind of find out what was going on as far as evolution is concerned. So, yeah, another full week of stuff there. Um and this week, we have some great stuff I think is on the way. There should be more merchandise hunts. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the Allosaurus from the Battle at Big Rock uh, toy grouping there. And also, we just got the Indominus Rex. So I am I am very pumped about that from Mattel. Um, this, this thing is cool. It's very cool. I got an early look at it uh, back in April at New York Toy Fair and... It was awesome then, and it's awesome now, and I can't wait to dive into a review and show you guys. It's so awesome, and I think you guys will love it if you haven't picked it up already. Um, But yeah, it's a great item. But uh, I don't know what else we have planned. That's about it so far. I'm sure there will be a lot more, but uh, just keep your eyes peeled. So this next thing um, is something that I always mention at the end of the episode. I don't know how many actually stick around that far, but um, we do have a Facebook group. So if you've not joined in, you can actually just click a nice easy link on our website um, on the side of the page there. There's actually like a little form for it. So just click on that. You can join in on the fun. People are posting pictures um, of like behind the scenes stuff, of their recent toy collecting uh, trips, and uh, there's always... Tons of like community discussion, talking points, all kinds of great stuff going on in there. Stuff specifically relating to the wire. All it's it's great. I think everybody's having a great time in there. So if you want to join in on the fun, make sure to find that link on the side of our website or just search for Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. I don't know. I'm not much of a Facebook user myself, but um I do use it for groups and for checking the Jurassic Park pages and stuff like that. So I think it's a great resource and uh, a good time for the community. So make sure to go check that out. But enough of all that. Why don't we get this episode kicked off with the eighth iteration of the Jurassic Wire. The debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Air one, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Go, go. Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I am Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. Now, the Jurassic Wire is the segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast where we discuss all the latest news on the Jurassic Saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. So today, we're going to be discussing Battle at Big Rock, Jurassic World Evolution Updates, Universal Studios Changes, and, of course, we have a community spotlight. But before all that... Let's welcome in Aaron Beyer. How's it going, Aaron? Uh, I'm pretty good. Drinking Gatorade out of my giant Universal Studios novelty Jurassic Park 
mug because <laughs> I am recovering from what is the worst cold I think I've had in like five years. Oh no, man. Yeah, that's that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, still bueno. So if I like start coughing uncontrollably, I apologize. Oh, it's okay. We we won't blame you for that. But I think everybody is very um, excited to hear all these topics. I think today I, I've been like you know pouring over all the latest news and everything that's been coming out. And as I always say, like the news just literally never stops. There's always something to talk about. And we kind of have been like beating around the bush with this uh, with this first item here is the battle at Big Rock uh, thing that's been popping up recently due to uh, the Mattel toys. And we're going to not try to talk about Mattel all that much here today because we cover them each and every month in the wire. Um, So we'll try to, to like leave it be for this month as much as we can. But the discussion is kind of based off of Mattel in a way, just because we have these these new toys that popped up, Nasutoceratops and the Allosaurus. And, of course, we did hear some information about this back in April. But now we finally have these uh, items on the shelves, and they come with a nice little tagline on it that says, As seen in Battle at Big Rock. Um, Aaron, what's your thoughts on these these toys real quick without going too deep on them? Uh so yeah, like you said, Mattel kind of dominates the conversation a lot. Uh, but I think these toys are fine. Um, I'm excited to get my hands on a pair uh, if I can ever get to the states. But um, just really interesting that we're getting a different variation on an already established species, and then we're getting a dinosaur that's not been seen at all in the Jurassic franchise, to my recollection. Um, so it's just interesting to kind of think about what this is going to be. Um, whether that's an animated series or a short or I mean, whatever, we don't officially know what it is. So uh, it's interesting that the toys leaked it and not only did they leak it, but like they're aggressively coming out. Like these toys are, I'm not going to say easy to find, but they're popping up all over the internet. They're yeah. I would, I would almost touch on easy to find just because they've been pretty widespread. It's one of those things where like, oh, if it just hit this, the uh, internet like real quick and only like one or two stores ever saw it, we nobody would probably talk about it because we'd want to kind of keep it on the outskirts of the discussion. But since it's so widespread, we, we have to discuss what this is. And all signs do point to a short of some sort. Um, with with no other information outside of what we see here with these toys um, and some context clues, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm very excited for a, a Jurassic short or whatever it may be. Um, and, of course, like you said, there is no official confirmation of any sort. Universal has never touched on this at all. You know, they have never said anything's coming. Um, so th- it's so weird that these toys just – decide to hit the shelves whenever they want and just reveal this like what could be big information about battle at big rock. And it's just, it's all out of order and and weird. I I don't know what's going on with Mattel and their releases, but I feel like somebody maybe messed up along the line somewhere. Um, But I am excited to talk about whatever this could be. Yeah. I mean, to put this into context, I was talking with some friends and I showed them the photos and they were like, what, like, what's the big deal? And I said, you have to understand this would be the equivalent of like a random Jar Jar Binks action figure dressed in like a Sith robe with the logo that says as seen in rise of the Binks and like just (laughs) having to accept it. It, 
this is something totally weird. It's a leak, obviously. It's something that Universal has not announced, and Mattel has kind of accidentally, you know, put this out there. Maybe Mattel hit their deadline, and maybe this is when they were supposed to be an announcement, but Universal has delayed. We yeah, don't know. Well. Could um, be. There was the Netflix rumor at one point. There was um, a rumor of it being a live-action short. Um, the Outpost was reporting on... Uh, possible shooting locations i think in ireland uh in a forest area now whether that was for jurassic world 3 or battle at big rock they they don't know either um just based on general filming timelines i highly doubt it was for jurassic world 3 we seem to be really far out from that um yeah. you know like when that should be shooting um yeah so it's just really interesting as far as what this is and what it means yeah, so let's let's touch upon that information as well. There's um, some Irish uh, news outlets that kind of touched on um, shooting. Uh, like they they noticed that there was a lot of shooting going on for something that seemed obviously Jurassic. And then um, actually, I'm going to go ahead and play this audio right here because Bryce Dallas Howard was interviewed um, just recently, and the the dude actually just straight up asked her. Let's let's take a listen. Congratulations again. Thank One you. final question, because I have brought up where I've come from today. Yes. Um, and I have to ask, because people have been asking, is it true that even, maybe you or not, I don't know, but any part of Jurassic World 3 has been filming in Ireland? She's just staring, smiling. I can't answer that question. You, don't, you, can't, <laughs> you can't even say if they've been over? <laughs> I can't say anything. Okay. I'm not saying no. Okay. That's okay. Well, I hope you <laughs> did or did not enjoy your time in Ireland. <laughs> I wasn't there. Okay. Okay. I think, okay, we can, we can feel it. My toes are like <laughs> curling right now. I'm like, ah! <laughs> well, thank you for like that. Steven Spielberg will come he's out behind, here with a raptor. The, <laughs> no. Uh, thank you for that kind of answer. And I look forward to talking to you. Okay, so that is fairly like good confirmation that something Jurassic was going on in Ireland, right? Like you can't really beat around the bush and say like, I'm not going to say anything in it. I wasn't there, but something happened like in Steven I mean, Spielberg. She didn't yeah. break NDA. That's no, for sure. no, she said nothing, but like, it's fairly obvious on her face and with a laugh and saying Steven Spielberg would come after me with Raptors. If I said anything, um, so I, I find it funny. She's, she's just a blast to watch and to listen to. So, um, I, I seem fairly confident that something happened there at least. Something is happening. And my big takeaway, if battle at big rock is some kind of live action, uh, short or show, um, I feel like it's probably got to be some kind of bridge between fallen kingdom and the next film, because, with what I have built up in my head of what the next film is, I feel like there's got to there's there's got to be a leap of time and information that needs to be relayed in order for them to kind of hit the ground running with the third installment of the of, or the sixth installment, I guess, of the series. So I almost wonder if they were like writing the script and they were like, you know what, we have like a good half hour of explaining mm-hmm. and just getting the audience ready for the movie. I wonder if we could somehow relay this information early 
And because they have like a really large window between movies, they're not Marvel, right? They're not pumping out a movie two, three a year or Star Wars, which is once a year. They're doing a movie every three years. I wonder if behind the scenes they were like, you know, we could do a short or we could do some kind of interstitial like television special or something that kind of gets people caught up to where we need them to be so that we can make the next movie a solid two hours, you know, because no Jurassic movie has ever really hit that two and a half hour mark. Um, and I just kind of yeah. wonder if that's the case. I've been thinking that same thing as well. I think um, that would be great to kind of just get right into the movie without all that explanation for sure. Um, and I, I've been actually thinking to myself like, hey, it's it's only 2019. We got another like f- full year, right? So we could actually throw something in summer of 2020 and then you open 2021 summer for the actual movie. So I'm like, man, how awesome would it be if there was like even more setup? So they have this one, maybe another one, and then the movie itself. That's pure speculation. But I think that would be awesome if they did use that time to kind of spotlight um, these these stories of how we get to where we are um, in Jurassic World 3. That would be really awesome. Especially if in Jurassic World 3 there's going to be some kind of time jump um, you know, to kind of get to that quote unquote Jurassic world. Like I've, I've been saying after the events of fallen kingdom, there was not enough dinosaurs out of containment that this was not an issue, that this was an issue mm-hmm. like animal control or, or the army or whatever could deal with what got out from the mansion and what got out to the other parts of the world. Um, yeah. You know, from all the buyers. And so my thinking might be like, okay, well maybe, Maybe this is this is kind of the setup of like, hey, five years after Fallen Kingdom, this is where we're at. And then the next movie is going to be like, hey, 10 years after Fallen Kingdom, this is where we're at. And so while we've never had a time jump in the Jurassic franchise, this seems like for, for it to be a truly Jurassic world, it seems like it's going to need to be more than three years out from the Lockwood Manor uh, problem. So, yeah, you would think. <laughs> so maybe this is kind of the way that they're going to be like, look – we need to tell you some information so that you don't completely dismiss the story in the next film. Yeah. Now, yeah, this is all speculation, of course, but with, with the title itself, Battle at Big Rock, it almost kind of leads away from that sort of point of view in a way because it feels like its own like thing, like a battle with these two dinosaurs because we have the Nasutoceratops, which, which is a very, you know, it's a ceratopsian, so it's... it, it um, it looks pretty awesome, to be honest. And it's got this blue color with the red um, and green legs. And then you have the Allosaurus that has like the tan underside, the blue on the top. So there's like this blue theme going on with these two dinosaurs. So it makes you think like this might just be a head-to-head showdown um, for some reason. I don't know why or, or what it's about, but that could be the case where it has nothing to do with the, the overall story. And it's just like, hey, these two dinosaurs are out somewhere. But I guess the fact that we've never seen an Pseudoceratops before kind of leads to, like, there has to be more to the story, right? Because we've never seen it. And where did it come from? It had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, but I think just by diving into this, you don't have to explain a lot to necessarily, like, portray, like, information. So maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, kind of done up like a, uh, like a 80s and 90s, like, kids on a, like an exploration like trip, kind of like how, uh, you know, Spielberg and all those guys used to do those like kids based movies back in the eighties and nineties. Maybe it's one of those like Amblin type films where it's based around kids and they're out 
and maybe they're camping and mm -hmm. you know these things like cross their path because it is a jurassic world and you know maybe you know they didn't expect it and now they're at some like campground called big rock or something i don't know i mean i don't i i feel like if the ireland thing is true i don't necessarily think that it necessarily has to be in ireland for the story necessarily um, no no of course cool, not but i just i think just because it's in ireland doesn't mean it has to be ireland no um and it's kind of tough because if you think consider like all the other movies that out there that are out there that have shorts in front of them so if that's if this is somewhere where we see this because I'm like, where where would we see this outside of that? Um, I, I'm thinking of like Pixar or something like that. So you got all these like amazing shorts that come out um, before that. And those are typically about six, seven, eight minutes long. So you don't have a ton of time if you're doing a short film, I guess. Right. Um, so, yeah, it can't really be too expositional. Like you can't really just like well, we made this dinosaur in a lab and this is why we have it and blah, blah, blah. And this is a color scheme. Like it, I feel like it almost has to just get right into whatever it is. Um, you know, so. I was thinking a short in front of a movie. Um, it can't be, it can't be a half hour. No, because no. I feel like if, if you go to a movie, you're paying to see that movie. You don't necessarily want to sit through Jurassic world, especially if you like, you're not a fan. Um, and, and yeah, is six minutes enough? If if that was like a short for you, and and it was just a battle, is that good enough for you? No, I need like <laughs> I need some kind of like human characters. Like uh -huh. I don't I don't necessarily need to see Owen and Claire, um, but I need someone to get invested in for you know hopefully hopefully not six minutes, maybe fifteen minutes. I feel like is a good amount of time for something like this. If it's anything less than like fifteen, I don't. I don't feel like is it is it worth it? I can't really tell. Again, they're in a bad situation by allowing these movies to take place every three years, rather than putting the pressure on the studio on the production company to put them out every two years. I feel like every two years is a pretty standard franchise, um, you know, time allotment, and every three years is kind of the old school. That's like the old school way of of doing movies, like the original Spider Man trilogy or the Nolan Batman films, like. The, the days of a three-year gap between franchise films is, is over, except for Jurassic for some reason. Well, yeah, and then um, – well, th we've got one time time span right now for Star Wars of a three-year gap is what they, they're planning on doing. And then it goes back to like every other year. So, yeah, I mean it does feel kind of special to have that between Jurassic. It makes it – I guess it just builds the hype a little bit. And something like this would build it even more if that was the case, I think. You know, it would be something completely different because I'm just sitting here like, why? Like, what is the reasoning? Why are these toys available? Does it have to do with marketing back to the toys? Is it have to? Does it have to do with – you know, is it like at the end of the a short or something? Is there going to be like, come visit our new theme park attraction down at, at uh, Hollywood? You know, is there going to be something like that at the end? Like, what is the purpose of this? And I, I hope it's what you had originally said that it's it's to set it up so that we don't have to do this later on. So we can have a two to two and a half hour movie uh, full of you know direct context that we really need for that movie. If if this is potentially you know, the end or something like that. I hope. And you never know. know. It could be absolutely nothing. This wouldn't be unprecedented to get toys based off of a project that gets canceled. <laughs> we had the yeah. Chaos Effect dinosaurs uh, in, I want to say 97 or 98. 
that were definitely paired up with an animated series that got canceled. And we still got those toys because they were in production, you know, so far out. We had um, G.I. Joe retaliation toys hit the market super early because that movie got delayed and the toys were already on a schedule to come out. You know, those those two companies, they don't work in tandem. They have their own schedules. And so maybe Big Rock was already supposed to be out, you know, and Mattel was like, look, we've already been in production on these. These have to go out. The boxes are set. Maybe Battle at Big Rock is absolutely nothing, but that seem, just seems weird. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. No, yeah. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I really would like whatever it is. I think Jurassic has been doing a really good job at staying relevant during these three-year gaps, especially this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, between the live show and the uh, video game uh, with the updates that they've been doing on Evolution and uh, you know Battle at Big Rock, Mattel dripping out toys you know, slowly throughout this gap. It's been great. Uh, you know, other collectibles like Chronicle Collectibles just announced the Dilophosaurus that they're doing. So Jurassic is doing a really good job at staying relevant during this three-year gap. It's just that we're only, are we even a year out at this point? We're not even a full year out. So no. we still have two years left to yeah. go. Yeah. You know, it does make me think of um, the the Dark Knight series. You, you had brought that up before and it kind of sparked my memory that when those were coming to theaters, they played like those extended looks, you know, like uh, the, the beginning sequence of the Dark Knight with the bank heist um, or the plane right. sequence from the Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Like so there were I don't remember how long those were specifically, but you actually had to go to IMAX and like see those because I don't think you could see them in a standard theater if I remember correctly. So who knows? Maybe that could be a thing, too, like where you can only go to see this in a IMAX theater. And that was that was back in the days when like IMAX wasn't just like every AMC theater has their own IMAX. It was like you actually had to go to to a real IMAX because there's a big difference between a real IMAX and hey, your AMC IMAX. The screens are wildly different. Yeah, they're they're crazy different. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently just saw Endgame on a true IMAX screen and it it blew my mind compared to oh, yeah. like what an AMC or yeah has to offer as far as, as far as that screen size equivalent. But you know, you never know. Um, again, I'm hoping that they continue to stay relevant over the next two years. I'm hoping that we continue to get drips of information, you know, as time goes on and new things to be excited about. Yeah. Well, let me actually continue because there is some more information about, Oh, sure. um, uh, this, this Ireland report here. So this is all, you know, you can find this all, um, like secondhand reporting from the outpost. Um, so they're talking about this geek Island reports here says, I'm just going to quote this. It says, speaking of dinosaurs, dinosaur animatronics have been spotted at the location, meaning this Irish location will almost certainly be featured in action sequences as opposed to simple pickups and establishing shots. It is not uncommon for movies to film such shots in separate areas from where the main action takes place. Due to the aforementioned NDA, we cannot specify which species were featured just yet, but rewatching the end of Fallen Kingdom should give you a good idea. Very specific props from Fallen Kingdom have, have also been spied on set, indicating the presence of a character who has appeared in both previous Jurassic World films in the Irish shot scenes. So, okay, I mean, uh, Bryce, Br- Bryce yeah. doesn't seem to be lying. She seems to be like, I wasn't there. But this this report's indicating that a character who has appeared in both previous Jurassic World films. So 
a character. Um, I mean, could woo. be human or a dinosaur. Yeah, it could be blue. You never know. Well, no, I woo, but oh, woo, yeah, woo, woo, woo. But if woo, it's, woo, if it's blue. Ireland, <laughs> yeah, woo and blue. Um, if it's Ireland, it wouldn't make any sense for blue to be there unless they're no, like no, pretending no. it's like the California forest. Which it could, uh, it very well could be, because it very well could UK be. was was California forest. So um, I will say this: on a previous episode of the podcast, I had talked about my trip to Hawaii, and I said I had seen something, but really shouldn't say anything because, um, you know, I didn't want to like spoil anything. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I'd be working on the movie, so it's it's like hard to say if, you know, I try I try not to spoil things that you know could be, be sketchy. Yeah, but the thing I saw was like a triceratops skull or something it was very quick we just passed the back of a truck and there was like guys like kind of waving us off to not look and it was like a it was some kind of like triceratops shaped thing and that was like in the valley so like and it was like a big head or something you know it was, it was, was that was weird. that for um kong skull island or whatever the title is i always get that no, confused with the ride because- no, this was definitely like some Fallen Kingdom stuff that was being – they were like – they had just left or they were – Oh, wait. Were you there around the time when they were doing the press for Fallen Kingdom maybe or or no? Because I, I don't know. I don't, they they might have uh, brought out like props and stuff. I'm not too sure. No, this was very much like even the guy on the tour was like, I can't tell you what was shooting here. Oh. But he's like, if you kind of follow the you know movie news, you you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like it was definitely some Fallen Kingdom prop that they didn't want anyone to necessarily like stare at or take photos <laughs> of um, because all the Skull Island stuff was out. That stuff is out there for you to see. This was definitely yeah, like true. back of a truck, kind of covered with some blankets, but huh. we never saw any kind of Triceratops or you know, Ceratopsian animal in the valley in that movie. And definitely not an animatronic of any kind. So maybe it was a stand-in or something. Yeah, who knows? I'm not exactly sure. It was really weird. But that, this stuff happens, and, and you spot these things. So this Irish, um, you know, whoever this is, the Geek Island uh, reports, be, sorry, Geek Ireland reports, um, did spot some stuff, spotted a character, and maybe Woog makes kind of sense there because if you're talking about a Nesutoceratops, maybe we need some kind of context as to how this thing exists, like we were talking about before. Um, and maybe that's why the Allosaurus fits in. I don't know. Maybe they saw props of the container or something like that, where that, uh, Allosaurus was being shipped off that we saw at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Um, and there is, you know, speculation, I guess, right, that the, the Allosaurus that we see in Fallen Kingdom is the juvenile, or well, not speculation. They actually say that in Fallen Kingdom, but that's the juvenile on this speculation that this is the adult, I guess this this completely different color scheme is that is that seem plausible to you? I mean, I guess I don't know why the colors would change so drastically. Yeah. Um, I guess what I can say is that it feels like this is starting to turn out like the IDW comic series, which I could not get past like the first issue. I tried like <laughs> twice, but the idea is that like Wu and Burke, who happens to be alive or something are like in the desert, like making herds of dinosaurs. They're like in a cave or something. Um, and something happens and like dinosaurs are like breaking out and like eating like cows and stuff. I never got past like the first episode or the first issue. Cause like, I mean, spoilers, I guess like a bunch of people return and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't 
how I would do Jurassic Park. Like I wouldn't bring back like Tim and Peter Ludlow and like Lex. Like it just it it's like it just makes the world smaller to me. And I don't like it when movies make their giant world like really small. So mm. I never really got through that series, but well, um, it kind of feels like that could be going on. It, it really doesn't sound like that kind of storyline ever has died here because you have that, you have um, the whole thing that Colin talked about for Fallen Kingdom about the PC versus Mac, which kind of sounds a lot like that um, with all these like, you know, bunkers and things around the world, yeah, the which, labs. Um, which the PC versus Mac thing was the first thing to come out about Fallen Kingdom before we ever knew the title of Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. It was Colin talking about PC versus Mac. Did you really even see that in Fallen Kingdom? Which leads me to believe that they had this script written for this third movie that they want to tell, mm-hmm. but they they must have felt somewhere like they didn't have a bridge to get us to that next movie. And so they created Fallen Kingdom as kind of like a, well, here, we're here on Nublar, and now we're on the mainland, and this is acting as a bridge to get us to this story that we want to tell. So, yeah. you know, who knows? Because I didn't get the Mac versus PC thing in fallen kingdom like whatsoever i mean no i mean I the, the indoraptor but still that was to me that was the quote-unquote mac right with with <laughs> Wu. yeah yeah exactly that he would he would still be there as that and then i guess the 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 other companies that or whoever they are you know that are at the auction could be that but it's really not a versus situation just yet um it's right. like hey like, pc it's showed up to buy a bunch of parts um of these awesome Macs that we have here on display um and then pc will go and take them to try to make their computers better right like that's what would happen and that's why maybe Jurassic world 3 would be pc versus mac um and i also like the the involvement of Jurassic world live tour with their outside facilities that are you know they uh where was it's down in Oh man, I don't even remember at this point, but some other country um, has a facility where they're training and doing all this other stuff. And then they talked about, hey, maybe we we almost did a Siberian facility. So like, the idea still lives. So maybe yeah, this is that. Maybe this is, is that again. I'm a little worried about retroactively adjusting more continuity. Um, that's a whole nother discussion for another time. But, um, unfortunately Jurassic is in a situation where continuity has to keep retroactively changing to implement all the new ideas that keep coming out. Um, and to kind of, you know, we've, we've discussed this where like, there's a set continuity that makes sense, but might actually be cleaner if like it just was rearranged a different way. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, another episode for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just really worried that the more things we keep adding, the more the continuity that is there and does make sense is just going to start making less sense. And then, you know, there it has to retroactively change, which confuses people or makes people mad. Um, yeah, so I don't know because you're right. Jurassic World Live is is continuity. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, so – I'm excited. I'm excited I, to see what this is. Like we like we said, we have no information really aside from these toys. Everything is speculation based off of this one image on the box and these two dinosaurs really. That's all we have. Yeah. I mean, now I don't have any in hand. Do you have any in hand? Like is there any more figures on the back of the box that they're advertising? No. They're oh well it's just the concavenator. The, you know, blue and red. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> yeah. I pressed 
pressed play on that audio clip again. Um, <laughs> the just that concavenator, and that's it. There's really oh, there's also the Allosaurus is just biting the Coloris, however you say that one. Okay. Um, but that's it. So uh, I don't I don't know what the Nasutoceratops has. I don't have that box in front of me. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. this is this is what the podcast is. I just so happen to have a box in front of me. Um, so it seems it seems like that these two are the big ones that they're going to be pushing for whatever this project is. Yeah, I mean, head to head, you know, Dino Rivals is is their ongoing brand here. At, you know, as far as like this second big wave of toys. Um, so is it a coincidence or did, was this all planned out like Dino Rivals? Battle your favorite dinosaurs head to head. You know, check out the card, the statistics card on the back that has all the features, the speed, the aggression, the the strength and the um the, the intelligence. So who knows? Uh maybe this is all planned out way ahead of time like this is all part of the plan, I guess. You know, and pure speculation, maybe this is like we're going to get to see what other people are making dinosaurs for. And maybe it's like a dinosaur fight club. And very, maybe yeah, this, very well could be. Maybe this battle at Big Rock, maybe Big Rock is some kind of like, no, I'm not going to say underground, but maybe it's some kind of like entertainment venue. It's a big coliseum. <laughs> yeah, some coliseum where they have made dinosaurs to fight. And maybe this particular fight gets out of hand. Oh, that would, that would be wonderful. Like, that'd be cool. It, honestly, it's like, it's. It's probably like uh, I could see it like a very Thor Ragnarok situation where like I know that guy, you know, like <laughs> I see it like that or I see it like in spoilers for The Walking Dead. But we're like there's the there's the community that like gets the walkers and they do like walker fights. And it's oh, yeah. it kind of like I don't. Yeah. And I don't know. It kind of like upsets like some of the humans. Yeah. Or like, Why are you doing this to them? It's like, well, I mean, they're dead. But, um, you know but they were using the walkers for like their entertainment. Cause at the end of the world, you have nothing to do, but watch a bunch of dead people fight. Um, maybe this is something similar. Yeah. I I'm all for like any kind of battle. I, I like that idea. I do. Cause any of the big battles aside from like the, um, Indorep, uh, the Indominus. I hate, I hate that these names are so similar. similar the Indominus yeah. versus the T-Rex and blue. That was a very extended battle, but we don't really get a ton of that per se. We get little spats, you know. That battle was massive, and it was almost like the first time I saw it, it was such an overload of like, wait, this is not what Jurassic has ever been. Um, and I think that's kind of what turned me off to Jurassic World at first, until I kind of came around and was like, you know what? This is like the this is like the comic book Saturday morning cartoon adaptation of what Jurassic would eventually end up being, you know. Um, it, it's never going to be as pure as those original two movies. Um, so I think for where they've come, I think Trevor Owen company has done a good job of kind of taming it a little bit. Cause I think it could have been, a, I think it could have been far more egregious than what it's been, but yes, something like that final battle in Jurassic world would be, I'd be up game for it again, for sure. Oh man. You know what? I was just about to play Jurassic world just to kind of see like, how long was that battle? Um, just to get a good idea, because that was that was a good length. I feel like you know there was a lot of action, um, there was a lot of stuff, and then I went to play it on the Movies Anywhere app, and it says the license has expired, so I can't watch it in that app. I don't know why. What? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand. It says 
licensing error. The license for this video has expired. So that's strange. That is very strange because I, I just had on The Lost World the other day. So now, let, me, let me double check. Yep, I'm able to play The Lost World. So this is live reporting here. I can't do that, but I think I can just play it standard like on my phone because I feel like I probably downloaded it there. I don't know. I never seen that before. Well, now here's the thing. I'm like out there telling my friends, yeah, man, movies anywhere. It, it is. It's a great app. But if you're going to take away the licensing so you can't watch your own content, that's a little messed up, to be honest. Um, here I go. Where's my movies here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Live reporting. Like, Yeah. We're figuring this out on the spot. Yeah, right on the so, spot. So let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Apple um, app now, seeing if I can play Jurassic World. And yes, I am able to play it there. But so, yeah, what's up with the licensing? That's strange. So on my oh. PC version, yep, definitely playing. So I don't know, man. You had an error somewhere. You know, that's just like I know you specifically have talked about that in terms of like digital content and stuff like that about this. They could just take this stuff away from you at any time. They can just take it away, but they can also do that with Blu-ray. And that's what a lot of people don't know. Blu-ray and 4K, because of the internet connection, they can easily kill those discs. Mm-hmm. But Oh, that's, that's, that's why, yeah, because I couldn't get my disc to work. That was the issue. Yeah, and so <laughs> – what kills me is, is like I'm kind of moving into a digital future with my movies, but man, I would be so PO'd if they killed my license and I wasn't able to watch it anymore. Yeah. So let's see. So the battle I'm gonna I'm gonna start I don't know, do you think this is a good spot? The battle seems to start for me like let's talk about the T Rex coming out. Like that's maybe a good starting point. That's at an hour and forty eight minutes. Um and then we have oh, all right. So here is what's his name? Lowry looking at the monitor, like pressing the button. One fifty two. So well, well, that's very short, huh? I mean, forty eight to fifty two. Yeah, that's, that's four minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah, four to five minutes there, depending on the seconds. Like that's yeah, that's a lot shorter than I kind of expected, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's been a lot of content in that four to five minutes. Yeah, and that kind of works with what we said if they make this a eight minute thing or something like that you could fit a good amount of information uh you know uh, just an info dump in in two of those minutes or something and then have the battle for six minutes um could work could work i'm down let's do it so that's it we're, we're done with that topic so why don't we move on to our next topic which is jurassic world evolution and there's a lot of updates coming uh this summer they've been talking about them and and you know teasing them and and uh what, what do you got for us because i think you're going to read the information here yeah so i'm just going to gloss over some of the features based just based on the headlines but we've got three um there were three feature focus uh, articles on the uh, frontier developments uh, forums and there's uh, feature focus one is terrain painting and secondary improvements or I'm sorry and scenery improvements uh, feature two is gyrosphere challenge mode additions gyrosphere and challenge mode additions while wow, I'm butchering this and number three <laughs> was new wetland requirements um, the terrain painting doesn't really doesn't really get me all too excited because I feel like I already have enough issues with space in the park. Like I don't necessarily need to have sand and rock and all that. I mean, I guess it would be kind of be cool, but um, what I'm really excited about is the gyrosphere 
additions where you are able to take the gyrosphere through multiple paddocks um, based on like a gyrosphere like portal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. I'm excited for that. It's going to be really neat to have a gyrosphere that can actually go probably around my whole park, kind of like how I use the monorail now because the monorail is also considered like a viewing platform to keep people happy. Um, that's really neat. And then the new wetland requirements is like, it's specifically designed for spinosaurid animals. So it offers like, it's going to give um, for the Baryonyx, the Suchomimus and the Spinosaurus. There's going to now be wetland requirements in those dinosaurs, like uh list of things that make them happy. And so you're going to have to have specific water requirements. And probably what they showed was a fish feeder. Now what's interesting about the fish feeder is that it's a square like net that sits in the water and you can see the fish under the water. And so this kind of teases to me a little bit like an aquatic dinosaur type thing. Like, hey, let's test it out with this mm. feeder yeah, and then maybe move on to the future with some kind of underwater dinosaur. I still think that the underwater dinosaur like the Mosasaurus is a long shot, but this get least gets us closer to the technology. Yeah, that has been certainly a, a standout missing item. I think for a lot of people, um, that Mosasaurus. So that, that would be fantastic to ever, you know, proceed to that direction. Fish feeders are cool. I mean, you know, it's kind of like one of those objects, the feeders in general that become very annoying to me. (laughs) So it's all about, you know, maintaining them and stuff like that. So you got to not place too many, you know, but place enough. Um, but I, I think it's a cool feature. At least maybe it'll add some new animations or something like that as far as, the feeding is is concerned. I don't know. Um, it adds a little bit more realism. I think why mm-hmm. the Mosasaurus is such a long shot is because all the tools in the game are very basic and kind of like can be used on any dinosaur. I feel like the tools to make the Mosasaurus pen look real would all have to be custom. So it would have to be like mm. a custom fence, a custom water, a custom – like it would just be out of control just for one or – up to like three species, right? It just seems, it seems a bit too niche, you know, to make those dinosaurs. Um, yeah. And then all the accoutrements to go with them. Yeah. I'm looking at this um, update three as well here. Um, so you got those fish feeders, the pachycephalosaurs um, will like act a little bit differently, I guess. Um, well, they're going to act a little different compared to small theropods. So mm-hmm. it's saying that like, they're not going to back down or always get beat by raptors um, or Herrerasaurus that they're going to actually put up a fight. I saw in there that the large sauropods are no longer going to freak out against yeah. like Rex or something, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, these all are things that can add a little bit of realism I just jumped in this last week to kind of do the Dr. Wu stuff and, you know, unlock a bunch of the other dinosaur updates that I had downloaded but never opened. Um, with a game like that, it's hard for me to get back in because I've, like, forgotten how to play now. <laughs> and so I'm, yeah. like, trying to get in there, and I got, like, frustrated when I had to, like, start my park over three times, and then I remembered, like, oh, I had to do that anyway, like, when I originally started. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to playing this game more, but I'm more excited for, like, their next game, which is the, uh, it's not Zoo Tycoon. What are they calling it now? Planet Zoo. Planet Zoo, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for Planet Zoo and hopefully excited for another Jurassic World Evolution. Um, I'm 
willing to dive back into this game, but excited to move on, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, they're talking about all these updates and improvements, um, but there's nothing so far that's too major of an addition that is like, I need to start playing this again. Um, there's there's very nice improvements. Um, but like, for instance, that gyrosphere improvement that you, you seem to like the most out of that grouping. Um, I'm, I'm just like, well, that's cool. But like, what does it do for me? It doesn't you know? really do. That's the thing. It doesn't really change the game. And they can't. <laughs> the game is already no. finely tuned to work the way that it does. Yeah. So you can't have game breaking attractions or buildings. You can't add anything that's going to make the game easier or something at this point. Um, for me, something that would get me really back in, and I'm sure this is a memory problem uh, on you know as far as like their low end hardware, like the Xbox and the PlayStation. But if they said, hey a new island segment three times the size of our biggest island segment. That's something that would get me to like dive in. But as it is now, like I feel so constricted to the land. Like I started the Dr. Wu section and it was like the smallest, it felt like the smallest island landmass so far. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Like I'm limited by my space. Like you can't really have a true Jurassic world because I can't fit all the dinosaurs on one landmass. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always kind of struggled with that, too, because some of the a- areas I'm like, well, this is this is like tiny. I don't know what I'll ever be able to do here. But then as it progresses, I'm like, well, this is a little bit bigger than I expected. I'm, I'm able to put a ton of stuff in here. But at the same time, I do wish it was less constricted. Um, that would I be very like, nice. <laughs> I feel like at this stage of the game, for me, the the base game sure needs to be laid out the way it was. But they needed to have made the visitor center or the innovation center. They needed to make that like a hub that does all the things that all those extraneous buildings do. Cause like I was starting up the Dr. Wu expansion and it was like, okay, place your fossil, your expedition center, place your fossil uh, hunting center, place your Jeep center, place your helicopter center, place your, research it was like by the time i placed all these buildings i was like this looks like a warehouse facility like in detroit this doesn't look like a beautiful (laughs) island paradise with dinosaurs yeah oh that that's just like the overall style of the game is very industrial and and that's everybody's or not everybody but a lot of people's complaint about jurassic world in general is the very industrial feel to it industrial sterile look so it makes sense that it, it looks that way because Jurassic World really didn't have any identifying features outside of just being a copycat of City Walk or something like that, where it's very, you know, just sure. just the things that you see. Like, it's just Margaritaville. It's just, you know, this building over here. But I, I wish there was like, more, yeah. I feel like as someone who's put in over 100 hours on that game, <laughs> I have the Platinum Trophy on PS4, Um I feel like it would have been rewarding for them to say, hey, now you've unlocked the innovation center and the innovation center does all of the functions of these like six buildings. And so now the innovation center saves a bunch of space on your island. And like this is your reward for playing our game. Yeah. Now, one thing that did bug me about this like terrain, you know, adjustments and stuff like that is that it's very specific to each individual island. So you can't really carry over some of those effects that you'd want on a certain area. Like if you did want to create a beach area or something, you just can't do that 
on you know a specific island that you want to it has to be the one that they give it to you um which oh, kind of weird too it's kind of a bummer for me because i'm like i i want to add those things anywhere you know i want to be able to make my island look the way i want it to um and you you just can't really do that just yet so hopefully one of these updates in the future will be you know dec- big bigger decorations you know more buildings stuff like that that i can actually um utilize in some sense to make it look individual yeah yeah now, i mean again it all boils down to memory of the of course you know lowest common denominator which i think right now the lowest common denominator is the original xbox one so mm-hmm, probably yeah. you have to build for that machine and then everyone else kind of has to kind of come down to it yeah it's funny because i i really hate to compare it to roller coaster tycoon but you know, it's such an old game and it's it's a different game and, and I, I constantly bring it up, but it really is a good comparison, I think. Um, of course, like I said, I don't have that knowledge of, uh, I, see, I can't even think of the name, Jurassic Park Genesis, uh, Operation Genesis. I never right. played that, so I don't really have that, um, you know, point of view. But Roller Coaster Tycoon had way beyond the amount of features that this has and you could add all these features the the sand or the the different types of grass or the different types of paths and all these things like you could really really customize your parks however you wanted um so that was definitely a disappointment to me but maybe time will come and maybe it needs a new structure maybe it needs a new system who knows um but i i assume all this will come in time whether it's here or in a new system or a new game um but I'm okay with Jurassic World Evolution. I think it's been a very fun game for me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to just sit and chill out. Um, it's kind of a non-stress game for me. Yeah, now I do want to touch back on a few items here um, because we did talk about Evolution, I don't know, was it last month maybe? Um, about these these leaks um, that were you know supposedly mentioned and so far i'm not really seeing much in the way of these you know discussion points that we've just discussed being brought up in these leaks so no it doesn't seem like there's much alignment there which is fine i think those leaks were more for like a 2.0 kind of situation Mm -hmm. time will tell if we ever see that but yeah no nothing here really solidifies those leaks whatsoever yeah we were really trying to get to the bottom of like how does this match up with what we know and what could come? A lot of it seemed like it was very obvious, you know, like this is going to come in 2021, a new game. Hey, sure. Obviously that could very well come. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Like we said, not much is lining up here as far as that's concerned, but um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add to Jurassic world evolution so far? No, I don't think so. I'm just excited for the future, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, let's move over here to our, um, our spotlight. So we have collect Jurassic world. Um, we've been focusing on podcasts. I feel like recently. So I think it's amazing that the Jurassic podcasting community is really expanding. I think over the past few years and even the past few months, like it's really awesome to finally have, uh, a pretty great community. So Collect Jurassic World recently um, came about from Victoria, from Victoria's Cantina and Tim over at Collect Jurassic. Um, and he obviously focuses on, you guys know, like you, you, I'm sure you see the the accounts on Instagram and, and Twitter and his, his website. Um, but he is, you know, 
pretty much like first at all the news as far as collecting Jurassic is concerned. So he'll be posting where you can find all these toys and um, all the latest images and stuff that's coming out. Victoria, you guys know Victoria. She's got all the awesome coverage of reviews and, and amazing podcasts. So the two of them combined for Collect Jurassic World, and uh, I think it's a great podcast. They released episode zero so far. That was a just a, a summary of what's to come, and then episode one did pop up um, last week, I believe, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, there's a ton of segments um, regarding the toys, and I think they've opened it to be a Jurassic conversation whenever the need you know it needs to be a full Jurassic conversation, but. The focus and the spotlight is on the toys, so there's a lot of segments um, regarding the toys, whether it's the news, what's like you know coming out, what's out, tips on how to collect, um, because I think that's pretty useful. Um, and one, of, I think one of the most recent ones they said was like be persist, be persistent, because you know you might just show up to Walmart and be like, oh, I don't see anything, and then not show up for you know, another few months and then realize you missed everything. Um, so I like their tips, their inside scoops, their reviews, everything that they have in their awesome segments. Um, I think it's a great show. So you guys definitely got to check it out. Um, Aaron, I don't think you got a chance to listen to it just yet. Did you? I haven't. I figured that we were going to be covering them. Excuse me. I figured we'd be covering them on the podcast, but I was going to listen to them at work and I missed all week at work because of, <laughs> I've been sick. So uh, I had a chance to listen. So I'm excited to get into this. I actually really like both those uh, people as far as podcasting goes. And I'm excited to have a podcast specifically dedicated to one of my favorite things about Jurassic, which is the toy collecting. We cover it a lot here, but because of the way the show is structured, we don't want it to just be about toy collecting. So I'm excited that there is a podcast that is strictly about that because I love collecting all the Jurassic, all the Jurassic stuff that I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they've got good insight into, you know, what's on the way and that, you know, for me and you and a lot of other people out there, we want to know where we can find this stuff, when we can get it. Um, and that, that's exciting to me. So definitely go check out collect Jurassic world. It's on all the, um, you know, major podcasting platforms. We'll link to it in the show notes, of course. And, uh, I think you can just go to collectjurassic.com. Um, but yeah, awesome show. Check it out. Cool. I'm excited too. And so I think our last topic is going to be all about Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, we have a, a decent news roundup here, I think. And it comes via you know an official press release, um, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. There's all this information coming out about some of the changes, what we can see, what is happening right now. Um, and I I am very excited by all of this stuff, I think. Um, let me actually go ahead. I'm going to summarize uh, the press release that was sent to us here from Universal. Um, and it indicates that there's a lot of returning characters here. So it says... Stars of the Jurassic World films Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and B.D. Wong will reprise their roles as Owen Grady, Claire Deering, and Dr. Henry Wu, bringing their characters from the silver screen to Universal Studios Hollywood's much-anticipated mega-attraction Jurassic World The Ride opening this summer. Uh, this marks the first time... Ah, I'm going to skip that part. Uh, skipping, skipping. All right, so for the first time... 
Jurassic fans will have the chance to see this impressive creature and become immersed within her massive aquarium observatory, speaking about the Mosasaurus, um, appearing to span over 60 feet in length and tipping the scales at over 30,000 pounds. Through stunning state-of-the-art visual effects, the Mosasaurus is a sight to behold as she moves just inches away from guests throughout her glass enclosure filled with the equivalent of 3.5 million gallons of water. Uh, Universal collaborated with Industrial Light and Magic to bring the Mosasaurus to life and capture the realism of her underwater environment using a combination of spectacular visual effects and cutting-edge technologies, including the use of motion parallax, (laughs) uh, a technique that shifts the guest's perspective of the Mosasaurus as she moves throughout the tank. The team also employed a series of lighting enhancements, allowing the aquarium to intuitively shift from day to night, as well as visually change uh, visual changes to the environment during inclement weather, thus creating a variety of visual scenarios guests can experience based on when they experience the ride. Um, I think that's probably enough to read. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. This thing about motion parallax, I can actually speak to what this is. This tells me that this is going to be some kind of lens-free 3D, like Mm -hmm. in the Harry Potter ride. The only reason I assume this is because my job as a 3D artist, I hear the words motion parallax like a hundred times a day, Uh, (laughs) whether it's in notes or giving notes or thinking about how I'm setting up a shot. Um, It's really about the motion parallax as far as like, how something up close moves compared to how the background is moving. Um, it's how you can kind of judge. It's how we as humans judge how close or far away something is. So if you shake your head, the thing right in front of you is moving a lot more than the thing way far off in the background. Um, you know, it's that kind of, it's, it's that kind of visual uh, cues as, as humans um, that allows us to judge depth. So, this is interesting that this thing that we've seen in the commercial of the Mosasaurus in her aquarium, that might actually be in 3D. Um, and if you've ever ridden the Harry Potter ride, there are segments of that that are supposed to be in 3D. So without glasses, I would say that the technology, as of the Harry Potter ride, I didn't think it was 100% there. But I know the technology has been moving forward as far as like trying to create lens-free 3D for... Um, theaters and stuff like that so maybe you know maybe we're there maybe this is going to show off that technology the best that we've ever seen it and it didn't even dawn on me that the jurassic ride is a water ride how great is it going to be if like you're you're in your boat and that thing hits the hits the tank and like access water from the top of that tank just pours over the top of the boat well i i will expect that to be honest i think they're working on like a a a unique glass um, type screen that obviously will include this parallax feature. And it'll also, um, as far as I've heard, it might have a cracking feature. And I think we've maybe talked about this before, but like a cracking feature and who knows, maybe water will shoot out of there somehow. I don't know how they'll use, how they'll do it all. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I'll, I don't know. I think this is what's going to happen as far as the cracking features, the parallax. It's all going to work together to give you a bit of depth and to make it feel like it's right there instead of you're just riding past the screen. Um, Because I think if you just rode past the screen, you would be able to tell like 
A, that's just a screen. Like, it doesn't look all that great. Um, but I think with all these features, it might help to, like, give you that, like, sense of depth. And, and the fact that, like, oh, my God, this screens usually don't crack or break. You know, like, how is this happening? Um, I think that'll be awesome. And, yeah, if you get, like, soaked, which, hey, this is a universal ride. Every ride they have, you will get wet. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a dry ride or not. You're getting wet, you know. Um, so I expect that from them. That's really cool. I, I'm excited by that. I'm excited by the atmospheric conditions element. So, you know, if you go on the ride, if you get into the boat and it's cloudy and, and rainy or something like that, you'll see that reflected in the ride somehow. That's really cool. Or if it's a bright sunny day or or if it's nighttime, um, I think that'll help sell it because I've talked about here and elsewhere that like, how are they going to sell that indoor moment when you you know, you ride up the little, you know, little elevator and then you make that turn and then you go indoors, which has never been the case. You've always just kind of gone through the gates and then you're in the Ultrasaurus Lagoon and then you're, you know, going through all these different little lagoons there. Um, but now you're going indoors. How are they going to sell that? So I think this will be one of those features that'll certainly help to sell it, you know, yeah, making it seem like it. you're, yeah, like you're, you're in the atmosphere that you just left. So that'll yeah. help. They're going to have to because Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, the real world experience would be an outdoor amusement park. So to have the whole thing indoors to me is antithetical to what Jurassic is. So they really need to sell that effect to make it feel like you're not inside of a building. Yeah. As far as I can tell, there's not – I don't think there's anything that's that utilizes this. Um, I reached out about um, – Hogwarts Express uh, down in Orlando, like they, I don't even think they have that, and that would be the most uh, like perfect place to utilize that feature, right? When you're getting right. in the train, and and you know they could reflect what you just experienced, but that's a visual presentation that's like, hey, you're going to go through all these different places and go to this different, you know, completely different area that's hidden and all this stuff. So it doesn't. I guess it doesn't make too much sense to use it there, but here it's a great use of it for sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially it's like, because the idea of the Hogwarts Express is that you get on and you're traveling, right? So you would yeah. think that when you start and end, the weather and the sky should be similar to what you're going to experience in the real outdoors. So, you know, hopefully that, that sounds cool. I do hope, you know, they partnered with ILM. I hope it's, the ILM quality of the movies and not the ILM quality of the VR experiences. Not that those experiences are bad, but they're definitely limited by a video game engine. Whereas I hope that hopefully that because this isn't necessarily interactive, hopefully they can render out all the passes necessary to make this look as photo real as possible. Yeah, man, let's hope. I mean, you're going to have to sell it and it's all about selling it. They're going to sell it, you know? So whatever they got to do to make it real, I think hopefully they'll do. Uh, they, they seem to be trying to create a, a new world here with unique experiences like this attraction, like whatever Battle at Big Rock is, to make it all feel real. Um, let's hope it sells it. Um, but will will seeing like the the characters that you know from the movies will that help sell it for you? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how involved they are. I feel like it's just going to be before and after the ride um you know like all these like it's like line cues right like all mm -hmm. the rides like will smith's involvement in the men in black ride doesn't necessarily sell that ride for me um 
you know, so I hope that what they give them to do in the beginning is actually really cool. Like I think the, I think the videos in the queue for the dinosaur ride at Disney are actually pretty cool. Oh, he's um, the best, man. Yeah, I feel like involved <laughs> with those characters as I'm waiting because there's like a story. Hello there. Yeah, there's like a story being told in that queue. Um, yeah. I hope they kind of take nods from that. Um, I'm trying to think of the Harry Potter. I don't think there's really a story. I think the kids come out and like talk to everybody at some point. Um, yeah, they do. They're up in the really up on like a platform where um uh whatever the, the I can't even think of the characters from that movie at the moment. I'm like full yeah, Jurassic Harry, mode and I love Harry Potter. Yeah. Um <laughs> but like those don't that doesn't feel as immersive as like still like I think even even though the dinosaur ride stuff is just a movie screen and it's very obvious that it's a movie screen yeah. and it's super old at this point. Um I I think that that's really immersive as far as like setting up the experience that you're going to go on. Like it's like, you're going on like a dinosaur heist um, and they set it up (laughs) really well. And so because these characters are in this ride are going to be established as the 2015 equivalents um, of Jurassic world, it'll definitely be weird to see Claire back in her white and purple again and woo in like the clean cut jacket. Oh, you know, Owen's kind of looked the same in both movies uh, for the most part. But yeah, I hope it's more than just a video. I don't know. I, it'll be really weird. I don't think it needs them, but it's cool that it has them. Yeah. See, this is what I'm 100% expecting is, you, you, like you said, you get in line and um, Bryce will talk about like here in Jurassic World, you'll be able to see the wonder of dinosaurs alive and in front of you, you know, something like that. Dr. Wu will come in and be like, you're going to come face to face with the Indominus Rex, a new hybrid that I'm working on, you know, like or something like that. And then maybe Owen will be like, all right, now make sure you're, you're holding on to your camera equipment. Don't don't drop it in the uh, the ride. You'll you'll get bit by a dinosaur if you try to get out of the ride, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, so because Owen is like his job at Jurassic World in the movies is like the most like third rate thing. Mm-hmm. like that could ever be done at a park like he's he's a backgrounds guy he's really not ever his job doesn't really necessitate that he ever in is interactive with the audience or no. with the visitors right so yeah it's never. gonna be weird to see how they integrate him i get how claire is gonna like talk to us about like jurassic world's been around for 10 years and we've experienced like all new things and like woo like maybe breaks into the signal and is like yeah hey I'm going to show you something brand new. No one has ever seen this. Like, don't worry about what Claire says. I'm going to take you and show you something really cool. But like, what does Owen tell the audience? Like, it's going to be so weird because his story, his story in Jurassic world is a behind the scenes story. He's working with Raptors. I know that in continuity, they say that those are the only Raptors on the Island, which doesn't really make any sense to me. Like that there's no Raptors on display at Jurassic world. Um, but his story has nothing to do with the the guests. So I don't know how yeah. they're going to implement him. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm maybe projecting like a safety spiel. You know, like he just tells you those things because they're like, we have our trainer or whatever. You know, like we'll have him tell you about it. He's like, why? Why would I do this? I don't I don't ever do this. Um, I, mean, I guess the most the most like eloquent way of bringing him in would be like if 
she was like, yeah, and we're going to show you like our state of the art, like Raptor training facility. And he was like, this really isn't a place for visitors. We don't want them back here. Yeah. You know, and they kind of had like a back and forth, right? Yeah. And who knows? I mean, if you take a look at the artwork that that was sent out, which is kind of a mock-up of uh, poster art that they've used for different releases for Jurassic World. You have the the Indominus breaking out of its enclosure, and it's a bit oversized and giant-looking. You don't see the entire thing. Owen is running out of the enclosure. They've changed it up now that Claire is also running out of the enclosure, which also, which also makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> as far as the movie's concerned. But hey, we're, we're talking about a new experience. It's kind of like... This sort of happened in the movie, but not exactly the way you saw it. Um, yeah, you know. these rides are always like boiled down versions of a two-hour film that they try to cram into, would you say, 10 minutes this ride is? Not even. I don't think the Jurassic Park ride is 10 minutes long. I think yeah, I don't think – I don't even know if it's that long. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what they do. Obviously, this isn't going to – I don't think it's going to be totally different than the – the original ride the, as far as the infrastructure uh, goes. No. Uh, but we'll see. It'll be definitely interesting to see how they change the story of the fourth film to fit this ride. Yeah, there very well could be a Raptor moment where we, based off of some screen, or maybe it's a, who knows, maybe they have an animatronic of, of I almost said Star-Lord, um, facing the opposite direction. So you don't necessarily see his face, but you see him from behind kind of doing the raptor pose, you know, where he's holding him off, fending him off before, um, you know, the well, what happened in the beginning of the movie. That could be something, you know, like you have this animatronic Chris Pratt just kind of like doing that. That could be something. And maybe you hear his voice. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll utilize him inside the attraction and not necessarily – in the videos before or after or wherever um, that could be the case. Yeah, it would be cool. Like I said, because his story is because his story and his character are just, is a background person, like a behind the scenes person. It doesn't make any sense for him to interact with us as the audience. So I'm hoping that I get that he's a huge star, but I'm hoping that for the realism sake of it, he's not like the front man of the queue portion of it. I'm hoping it's like you're halfway through the ride and Chris Pratt shows up with blue and they fight the Indominus Rex with the T-Rex or something, you know? How, yeah. How cool would it be though, to, to see that, like, you know, that beginning scene play out in front of you. So you see like Raptors slowly crawling their way towards him. You're not sure if they're going to jump at him or not. And he's just holding them off, fending them off for the time being, but you see the, the four Raptors there in front of you. That would be pretty cool. Like that would, I, mean, cool I would love to see that. To, like attack your boat, right? Like, yeah, like somehow you wound up at the raptor training facility, and mm-hmm. the raptors were about to attack your boat, and he's there, like no, no, you know, like trying to like hold them back, and you know he's and maybe, uh, you know, other people are trying to like free your boat, maybe you got stuck or something. I don't know. There's all kinds yeah. of things they do inside that building. Well, I could see, well, I could see this almost taking place at where the the old raptor paddock was. Um, I don't know if they would, I don't know if that's gone or what. Like if that's even there, who knows? But that could be like you're already knocked off course. So now you're going towards the Raptor facility and the Indominus area or whatever. Um, so that would be really cool if that was the case. But um, that's all speculation. But yeah. I, I find it interesting that they just threw Claire onto this poster. So maybe we do see them in the attraction running away from the Indominus. Or maybe it's a playoff that final battle somehow. Because we do know that they do fight um, you know, at the top of the hill. Um, or maybe out throughout that lift. I'm not sure. 
But um, that's but you know what? that's possible. Good for them putting her in there because honestly, like to me, she's just as important as Chris Pratt. Yes, and yeah. I've said it a million times. I don't get why she's not on all the mark. Like this image that they've made of those two. Why is that image of just them two with the background like cut out? Why is why is them together not on all the toy boxes, on all the cups, all the party supplies, all the posters? Like that image of them together. I get that it's a it's a photoshopped image, but I love it. Like oh that's yeah, what, that's what I want. Like the next poster to be, and we kind of got it with Fallen Kingdom, but I just love looking at those two together on marketing material. That sells Jurassic World to me. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, the, there's not really a ton of information to go off of as far as like what the attraction will be, but, you know, outside of just you know going by these exhibits and then you go off course. Exactly what happened before. I'm trying to think of other elements that could be utilized. Like in the beginning of the attraction, you have the Richard Kiley audio. So I would assume that's gone at this point. Is Jimmy Fallon here? Are we going to have him doing the voiceover? Oh, I hope so. You like, know, I, I, it's continuity, I, right? You got to keep it. Yeah, I get that. That was kind of like a. I get that. That was kind of like an eye roll moment in the movie, but to me, that totally sold because whenever you go to these attractions, like like Disney always has an attraction with like some star that is pay, that is on the Disney payroll, right? Like at Disney, one point there was an Ellen ride, there was a yep. Drew Carey ride, like. They've always got these actors that are definitely on the Disney payroll doing some kind of attraction at their amusement park. And when Jimmy Fallon showed up at at a theme park that is quote unquote owned by Universal, right? Dude, mm-hmm. I just was like dying laughing. I was like, this is so stupid. This is exactly how a a amusement park in today's day and age would work. They would hire some yeah. star to do the tour rather than just like pay a quarter of the price for someone else to do the same job. Well, it's funny because after this movie, Jimmy Fallon now gets his own attraction. So he has his own attraction down in Orlando. So, and it's, it's not a great attraction, but it's, it's highly themed, which is nice. Right. Um, I don't, have you ever gotten to go on that one before? No, no? I've not been on his attraction. Um, no, so it's very nicely themed to like, you know, the studio in New York and, and even the, the, the cue videos and stuff like that, this, the safety spiels and stuff that it's all very highly themed to the tonight show. So it, it, it really sells the story with the character and, and, you know, Jimmy Fallon's there. So I would if, – if he's already at work with Universal, obviously uh, NBC Universal and the studios, uh, as far as the rides are concerned, why not add him as a voiceover? We have no well, confirmation here, but that would be great. I would love it. Can you imagine that if in, like, the real Jurassic World, not only is he the tour guide on the gyrosphere, but he is the tour guide on every attraction throughout the park? Like – your entire stay at Jurassic World is narrated by Jimmy Fallon. And if they put him on this boat ride, it would just be phenomenal. Oh, it has to happen. I mean, there has to be audio, right? Like there has to be a voiceover talking about the Mosasaurus and talking about, you know, whatever you come across. Like, I feel like there has to be. I hope so. I really do. Yeah. So we have that. Um, That's about it from the press release. There's also uh, updates to the gates, you know, the iconic Jurassic Park gates were, were you know, taken down and, and redone. 
And now yeah. we have the Jurassic World gate is there. It's it's up. It's it's happening. You know, like it's got the the look and the style of of the Jurassic World gates from the movie. Slightly different, but uh it's kind of it's kind of like they took the aesthetic of the Jurassic Park gate and then gave it a Jurassic World makeover. Yeah, it really just feels like they painted the Jurassic Park gate and put Jurassic World letters on it, which yeah. I don't know if they did or not, but I would have liked to have seen them put a little more effort to make it look like the Jurassic World gate with like that wireframe pattern. Yeah, yeah. On. To me, like that that gate represents what I didn't want them to do, which was just like or it's like what I don't want them to do in Orlando, which is just put a fresh coat of paint on it and say it's Jurassic World now. Like if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna I hate to, this is this is so like jaded, but if you're gonna destroy my childhood, destroy <laughs> it. Make something new. Uh, you know, like don't don't repurpose something that I have a fond memory for. Um, you know, replace it and make it the updated version. Go all out. Um, yeah. And, and doing that. And this gate, unfortunately, kind of screams like this is where they cut a corner as far as like price is concerned. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. No. And it's tough, I think, overall, because you're you're working with a very, very confined area in this park, specifically in Hollywood. Um, so right. I can't really imagine that they would go all out with the gate itself. But I don't it doesn't bother me. I think it's fine. I think it looks fine. Um, there's not as much depth to the wording. I think in like the actual movie, it looks very translucent. Like you can actually see inside the letters. That doesn't seem to be the case here. But then again, these are just like cell phone pictures. And I don't know, they, they look just like normal. Like they don't look like they're a translucent or who knows, maybe there's lighting in there that we're not really getting just yet. Yeah. I mean, and it's also important to note that like, they never really hit these things on the head as far as like movie accuracy. Mm-hmm. The gates at universal Orlando do not look like the gates from the movie. No. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, they resemble the gates from the movie, but they're never spot on. Yeah. I think this looks fine. I have real, really no issue with it. Once they add some flames, um, and I don't know, the theming looks completely done though. For the most part, I, I don't really see much else they can add outside of, you know, turning on the gas there. Uh, maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe there is lighting in the wording, so that could that maybe help. Um, but yeah, it's definitely different than the ones from the film. But, uh, I, you know, I have heard a lot of complaints, like you were saying, like it doesn't resemble, resemble that wireframe look. Um, and it, the size is a little interesting. It doesn't look like they went all out, but, um, I'm okay with it. It's, it's interesting though, that there people are really, you know, harping on, it doesn't look right to them. So, and I, I understand that. Yeah, I get it. Um, but again, like they have never done a hundred percent accurate anything in these amusement parks. They're always putting their own spin or not meeting reference a hundred percent. So I, I want to say I didn't expect more. Does that make any sense? Is that like, is that <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. Like I didn't really expect them to hit that because there's never been anything in the history of universal that has told me that they were going to, hit the nail on the head perfectly. <laughs> um, Harry Potter's amazing. <laughs> Next up, we have a look, a good look at the, the opening scene. So we've, we've kind of got glimpses of it before. So you go up that hill um, right out the gate and then you go, uh, it looks partially indoors, but not fully. Um, and you go around a turn, right? And you see when dinosaurs ruled the earth. You see this nice banner, like not a banner, but actually 
big block letters um, as you're going around that turn. But above it, you get a really good look at the Mosasaurus uh, fossil. And we did talk about this, I think, previously. Um, but now we get a really, really good look at it. Um, it. It looks fantastic, like the fossil replica of it uh really resembles mosasaurus it's it's kind of interesting though because i need to see it with the full effects because right now it just looks like a really crummy wall like a dark brown rusty colored wall with like a mosasaurus kind of embedded into it just the fossil um but it looks cool it looks cool super weird to have the mosasaur be like the introduction of when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. When, when this not dinosaur swam in the ocean, like <laughs> it just seems weird. Um, obviously, there's going to be some kind of story element involved with it. So hopefully it makes sense when it all comes together. Um, but again, I think the Mosasaurus is shown pretty early on in the film, right? Like the kids are like hanging out mm-hmm. the Mosasaur pen. So yeah. If they're trying to kind of relay the elements of the movie, it makes sense that the Mosasaurus would be the first one we see. Um, but I kind of hope that the Mosasaurus doesn't like suck too much air, too much oxygen from the ride. Like I'm actually fine with the Mosasaurus, like just being a one-off like gimmick. And I, I want to see like other dinosaurs as well. Like I hope that it's not yeah. just the, the Raptors and Dominus, the T-Rex and the Mosasaurus. I want to see like herbivores too. Yeah, I forget. Let me um go back to that press release um because it did say uh once guests pass through the queue, they will board specific uh, specially designed rafts that will navigate lush environs uh, of dense vegetation and traverse new areas besieged with towering dinosaurs meandering at just an arm's length away. Encounters with such docile creatures such as the Stegosaurus and the Parasaurolophus. Uh, and it will quickly go awry as a predat- as predatory Velociraptors and Dilophosaurus begin to wreak, uh, wreak havoc, um, turning guests from spectators to prey when the Tyrannosaurus Rex begins to battle one of the attraction's new ferocious dinosaurs. The rafts will spin down, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of saying that we're going to get the Stegosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Mosasaurus, Dilophosaurus, Velociraptors, and T-Rex, and the Indominus. Mm-hmm. The real question is all those herbivores are her, are all those other dinosaurs are dinosaurs that we had as animatronics in the original ride. Mm-hmm. So how much of this do you think is recycled from the original Jurassic Park ride? Like do you think they just throw out that giant stegosaurus animatronic? Or do you think we get that again in this ride? It's the same one. No, it's, it, it's I, I'm I'm sure it'll just be the same one. Um because there was no issue. I had no issue with that one. That was no, fine. The Parasaurolophus is fine. Um, Great. The Dilophosaurs are okay. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how much of that is just going to be like the same, you know? Oh, I, yeah. So I forget. Um, I'm trying to envision what this specific layout was, but you go through the Ultrasaurs and I think you see the Stegosaurus like right up on the ridge above you after that, right? I've ridden both rides, so it's hard for me to, to say the order. They're different in Orlando and LA, so I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, so I I think that the indoor section at the beginning will be quite extensive and maybe lead you right up to the Stegosaurus. Um, So you're skipping the entire Ultrasaur Lagoon. That's all indoors, I would assume, at this point. Um, And then after the Stegosaur, then I think you come across the Parasaurolophus, right? So – and then it bumps you off course. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cutting off a lot. You're going to get a lot of Mosasaurus because they really need to sell that 30,000 pounds, 3.5 million gallons of water over 60 feet in length. Like They need to sell that. So that's going to take up a lot of it. Um, but at least you are getting those other dinosaurs as well. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, so that uh, yeah, it's interesting though that the Mosasaurus is that beginning part when dinosaurs ruled the Earth. Um, it looks nice though. I think it, the fossil looks cool. The wording looks cool. Um, oh, I wonder. It looks great. I wonder if there will be some sort of projection mapping going on in this room. Um, like I don't really, I don't, I can't tell, but I don't think it's fully enclosed. Um, but maybe there's some sort of projection mapping um, that will happen there to make it look real at some point um and transition you into the indoor section um but that would be cool so that's that's a good look so if you want a good look at that you can find that on our website um let's see next up we have uh some updates to uh the little play area so there there was a play area do you know what i'm talking about when it when i'm talking about like a little kitty play area in la no i have no idea what you're talking about so there's there was like a little um, Triceratops, Stegosaurus-looking thing um, that kids could just play. It was like a very small play pad with like the, you know, I think the rubbery flooring. And, you know, kids could just kind of go inside this fossil thing and run around. But that was it. But it okay. looks like it's being expanded upon. Um, and I think there's going to be some uh, like stairs. So you're going to go up. You're going to have a, like a little play area up top. Um, and then maybe some bridges or something like that. That's what it okay. looks like, at least. This is a, an aerial shot from BioReconstruct on Twitter. And uh, that's at least what it looks like. So maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be a nice like aerial play area for kids so that they can run around, go up, go down, go all over the place. Give them a little bit more to do in this section. That's crazy weird to me because like, I never thought that that was – I never associated that kind of stuff with Jurassic. And like – the one in Orlando has the whole um oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. But like yeah, it's the just Camp Jurassic, theme. I think, right? Yeah, like Camp Jurassic, like that never dawned on me as being a Jurassic related thing. But it must do well in Orlando for them to want to increase that presence in LA. Yeah, I think it does, you know, pretty well. And with all the changes in Orlando, that's staying. So um, you know, that's not going away. So it must be doing fine. And it's oh, fun, oh, dude. Like I nothing interesting in those caves. What's that? There's nothing interesting in those caves. I don't get why they're keeping that stuff. Um, I see. I yeah. There's not like anything to to see really, but I do love everything about those caves. I do love that exploration. I like seeing the the amber, you know, embedded into the the, the rocks, and it, it it is very right? cool. Like it's very themed, like really well in there. I love it. I love the bridges. I'm not, the the, not good. It's just there's no dinosaurs. Like yeah, yeah, dinosaurs. There's no animatronic that like. Even like a little copy or something would make sense. I don't know, man. It's just so – it's so weird that they just have like a cave set in this thing. Like I don't know. It's so weird. I don't know. I see. I, I just love it. I love it like because you're, you're, you're in a theme park, um, you know, Jurassic Park. And I feel like Jurassic Park would have something like that, you know, like a, a kiddie play area that's highly themed to dinosaurs or at least to their containments and their, you know, their facilities and – I, I really like it. I, I love it. I when I was there last, I went and played around for quite a while. Went down all the slides, and yes, I'm in my 30s, but it's okay. Like it was fun. 
the best part about the entire Orlando portion of Jurassic is if you happen to be there during the time of year when the sun goes down really early, all of Jurassic Park is amazing at night. Everything, the ride, walking around, the stores, the restaurants, like it's all absolutely beautiful and stunning. The caves are great at night because it gives it even like more of an eerie tone to it. So I really hope that whatever they do in Orlando doesn't butcher that ambiance that they have um, yeah. in that portion we'll of the see. park. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. That's, that's for another conversation. Yeah, there there has been permits actually. I might as well mention it now. I don't have it um, on, on tap right here, but uh, I know there was permits actually. I think I might be able to bring it up. Um, that state that the ride is expected to open early 2021. Um, the the new roller coaster for for Jurassic Park completion date for twenty seven twenty one, so yeah, that's a new permit that was filed. So oh, you geez. still got some time for that roller coaster. It, you know, it's it's moving like they're they're going quick. They're already putting in pilings and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. um, you know, everything's bulldozed already. Um, and we we did yeah, a video well, just school there, man. I watched them put up. I watched them put up that castle, and I watched them put up. Um, the rock and roller coaster or whatever it is there, the rip the ride rocket. Yeah. Rip ride rocket, man. Those like, I remember watching them put up rip ride rocket in the course of like three or four days and being like, dude, that went up way too fast. I'm not riding that thing. Like, <laughs> like there's no way this thing is safe with how fast they build them. But man, they, they, you know, it's, it's obviously people that are way more skilled in engineering than I am, but yeah, um, they've got it down to such a plan before it even gets to the property, they know how that thing is going together, you know, somewhere off site. And Universal is very specific with the way they handle their rides and the release schedule and the announcement and the construction. They won't talk about this ride for a while for a very long time. So it'll be a while before you actually hear any official confirmations, I think. Oh, yeah, um, because they right now it's technically nothing, right? Like yeah, Hagrid is opening like in two weeks or so and they almost just started talking about it in the past few months. So yeah, it's going to be a while before they actually yeah. acknowledge something's happening behind those walls. And we just put up a video update recently for Orlando. That was like, you know, walking through the area, uh, as of like May 12th, I believe. And it was, it's, it's just 100% walls like everywhere. They've yeah, taken down the T-Rex. The T-Rex is, is not there currently. So you have no photo op for that. Um, the I think the Spinosaurus is still there. The Raptor's been moved to a different location, so you can you can still meet Blue, but it's in a completely different area. Um, the Triceratops nice sculpture that was embedded in the rock is now behind a wall. I hope they're keeping it, but um, we don't really know what's going on with that just yet. Um, all the old Triceratops encounter buildings that were still there are all demolished at this point. Um, so things have changed. Things have very much changed. Um, but yeah, that coaster will not be done until 2021. So that's a lot of time knowing that they're doing this right now, it'll be up and ready to go probably for a little while. But with the release of Hagrid this year, um, in June, uh, I think the 13th next year, um, I don't even know what's going on next year. Um, as far as a release schedule is concerned, I'm, I'm blanking on that at the moment, but they want to kind of spread out, especially with two coasters right next to each other. They want to spread them out just a little bit and not re- reintroduce like a coaster one year after the next. So 
Plus, it'll tie in with the release of Fallen Kingdom, uh, Fallen Kingdom, whatever Jurassic World 3 is going to be called. Um, So that'll tie in nicely, I think. I think if you have not been to Jurassic Park at Universal Studios and you were planning a trip, and specifically that was like one of your like top two franchises that you wanted to see at that park, don't go now. Wait until this is all done. Wait a couple of years. Um, There's nothing more disappointing than seeing walls around the Jurassic Park land. I've been when it's been completely clean and I've been when they've been doing construction and man, the walls are just such a, they're such a world breaker. They take you totally out of context of what's happening. Um, Just wait now. And even if it's Jurassic world in two years and not Jurassic Park, the experience will be much better once it's all done and clean. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think, you know, there's probably something to be said about this might be your last chance, you know, to even experience Jurassic Park. The Um, ride as it is. Yeah, because because pushing this date, you know, it could have opened next year, um, but pushing it to 2021 gives them much more time to shut down the ride, the Jurassic Park River Adventure, retheme it to this once this ride in, in Hollywood opens up. It's going to do well. It's going to do very well. They're going to do it. It's going to happen. So oh, this that's this extended bummer. this extended time gives them time to redo everything. That's true. And there's nothing more I mean it's a fake word but like there's no more synergy than to like go see the movie and then want to go to the park almost yep. right away. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it this is more lending more credence to the fact that Jurassic World is fully coming at some point in 2021 to Orlando. Um, I, w- I would bet on that. Yeah, yeah, me too. But um, where are we here? We had we just talked about that play area, so that's go- that's going to be cool. It looks like um, there's also um, a good spotting of a, a new concession stand. I think it's kind of like replacing one um, a little bit in a different area, kind of like right next to the park gates. Um, and it's called Isla new, new bar. It's hard to say new bar with no, really tough to say. I saw it. I kind of <laughs> love it. Yeah. I like, I kind of love it, but I also kind of love like Jurassic. Was it Jurassic traders? And there was uh-huh. another, there was another like kitschy bar name. I feel like they had at one point, but, um, this is fine. I like it. It's cool. Um, it's fun to see that they're ex- experimenting with the puns, um, which is kind of like, it reminds me of the novel when Grant is going through the um, brochure and there's a bunch of like kitschy like names for like all the different um, channels on the TV and the visitor center. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just interesting that they're kind of playing around with that. So I'm cool with it. Yeah. And it's, it's not something that I've never heard before because this is something that's always joked about. Like, oh, why is there not an Isla new, new bar bar? you know, or something like that in the park or in city walk or something. So I've heard that said before. And I believe, um, Rob, yo, uh, actually like created art about it, um, uh, a while back. So, so that's, you know, it's been floating around, um, whether universal kind of stole Rob's like idea or not, I don't know, but, um, and I don't know if this will just be a concession. Will you just be able to get like snacks or will it actually be a full fledged like bar counter? I don't know. Um, but hmm. alcohol in the main part of the park. I mean, it's not like they don't serve alcohol. So no, they, I mean, I, I've never been to that park, but I know like they, 
they do sell alcohol there, right? Like they do in, yeah. in Orlando at least. So well, they, yeah, like the Harry Potter area, alcohol. there's specific beers for, you know, yeah. uh, the, the section there. So why not have, um, you know, specifically themed beers or, or whatever for Isla Nublar? And it, and it definitely signals a, a complete re-theming of the area as, hey, this is now Isla Nublar. Like this is not Jurassic World in California or Jurassic World right. in Orlando. It's it's Jurassic World. Like there, that's what it right. is. Right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. I kind of hope that if universe or in Orlando they do change it, I hope that they stick to kitschy things like that and they don't do the outrageous like branding that they had in the movie um, with like Jimmy Buffett's like Margaritaville. Like I hope that never really enters the equation. Although it would make sense if it did. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm fine with this new bar thing. It's actually it's it's kind of cute. So hopefully, hopefully they do something, you know, super, I get that beer is like a huge seller, but I would honestly hope that like in the upfront, like imagery of it, it's more like tropical drinks or something. Cause I feel like that's more of the vibe I get from what you For might sure. be drinking on Nublar, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. That's kind of what I expect too. Every, everybody's trying to copy Harry Potter and, and do the, the butter beer and have their own, you know, interesting drink. drink. Yeah. Disney has yeah. tried and and really ha- hasn't had one that taken off to, you know, just like go through the roof like Butterbeer has just yet. But um, they've they've tried with some good effort. But uh, maybe Universal can hit it out of the park twice. I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far as the Jimmy Buffett stuff's concerned, I, I don't think that'll ever go inside the park just because it's already. I, I'm assuming Hollywood has it outside as well, but Orlando has it in City Walk, so. Unless they retheme the City Walk one to be Isla Nublar version, that would be kind of fun. I mean, or they have like an express, like they turn the um, true yeah the maybe. big restaurant in Jurassic Park in Orlando. There's that big restaurant, Thunder Falls or something. Yeah, yeah. They could retheme that as like a Jimmy Buffett Express or something. I don't know. They're, that's in the future. <laughs> that's a future problem. Um, and lastly, there's there's just been some new merchandise and stuff like that. So it looks like you're going to be starting to see. Um, more Jurassic World centric merchandise and um, stuff to sell like the new location. And I think even some of it has been showing up in Orlando. So keep your eyes peeled because there's new merch out there. Um, Like they, they made like a specific logo for like teasing the ride, which is the, the park gates with the old style, like from the movie park gates. So it's funny that they use that in the marketing material, but then didn't actually bring that to life. Um, there's also some weird hybrids of like, um, Jurassic world marketing and a fallen kingdom marketing kind of bundled together to create some like awkward style art. Um, so it's, it's used on like those like very thin backpacks or, you know, towels or whatever, or pins. I saw it on a pin and I think it's on like phone cases now too, but it's interesting. Cause it has that like burning orange of like fallen kingdom yeah. Um, but it also has like the, the Indominus and it has, uh, you know, Jurassic world specific art, but it also has like the imagery of blue from fallen kingdom and the Mosasaurus. So it's kind of like all over the place. I don't know what they're doing with this. Well, you got to imagine that the, that the theming as far as like colors on merchandise is actually going to be kind of tumultuous over the next few years because yeah, they've, they're going to do that blue and silver from the first movie. They're going to do the, um, volcanic like ash and stuff from the second movie 
And then whatever the third movie color themes are, they're going to throw those in there. Not to mention they've got some Mattel stuff, which is the, they've got generation one Mattel stuff. They've got Dino rivals, Mattel stuff, which both together look very different. So I think until these movies kind of like phase out, you're going to actually really see some comp- complex branding in <laughs> the amusement park. All the merchandise looks really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see that they're putting more thought into it than like, hey, here's your dinosaur keychain and here's your dinosaur mug. And like, it actually looks like stuff that I would want to buy. Um, and especially when you hear these rumors of uh, Galaxy's Edge where you can build. robots and $150 lightsabers. Like they really need some cool things to separate themselves from, you know, other parts of the park and not just have these like trinkety souvenirs. Um, They need to actually have some cool stuff that you might want to get. It's cool that they're selling Mattel stuff. I'm, I'm way happier with that than I am with like, um, when they like Jurassic park had just like, repaints of old Kenner stuff until Kenner was like no longer doing it. And they had like crummy Hasbro stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see that where you're getting actual Jurassic world merch by Mattel in there. It's just unfortunate. It's like double the price, but Oh yeah. It's always, it's always way out of, you know, out of reach. It's just too much money. Um, you know, Pandora in, in animal kingdom has done a great job with their banshees. You know, they have those like shoulder yep. banshees that you can buy and control with like a little joystick kind of thing. Oh, that's really cool. I've not seen these. Oh, dude, they're great. Like imagine like honestly kind of like similar to that Allosaurus that just released, but with wings and it sits on your shoulder perched up there nicely and you can rotate it, you can control it. It's it's just like a nice like little shoulder dragon that like that's just sits awesome. there and 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 moves all around. I love the thing. I have not gotten one yet, but it's it's awesome. Um, I know you had a similar puppet to this. It was like some. It wasn't branded or anything, but mm-hmm. she had made it or bought it or something. But um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But to have like a branded one as a banshee is really cool. Yeah. How awesome would it be if Jurassic World had pteranodons or baby cats or something like that that it you would, could put on yeah. your shoulder? It would be amazing. And like you said, Galaxy's Edge is now has has like insane amounts of stuff like there's actually like handmade products that are made in world you know by people the the people trading for items in world like uh little stuffed animals and things um or you know big marble busts or whatever it may be and then the droids and all that stuff um harry potter has the wands very specific wands like movie wands or unique wands electronic wands non-electronic wands so there's like so much unique stuff the 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 robes like what is Jurassic offering? I don't know. There's not really a unique thing. It's just it's just Jurassic World branded items like a sweatshirt or a water bottle or, you know, a I don't know, nothing. Like there's nothing like in world that you could do outside of like honestly, I feel like the Primal Pal figure could be that item like if they were to sell that in the park. That would be one of those cool things if you made a special um thing of it. You know, like in Pandora, you actually have there's like a, a thing called a rookery where you go in and you you kind of bond with your dragon before you or your banshee before you pick it out. Like so it's kind of like a unique experience. So you're paying for that experience when you pick out your item. Um That's so really cool. they could do something like that with like a like a primal pal blue or primal pal, you know, whatever. Make other primal pals that could be awesome. You know, like a baby triceratops or a T Rex or like you said, a pteranodon or something. 
This this totally sounds like the first book when Dotson is like, and they'll make baby dinosaurs for you to take home, and they'll only eat InGen food, and you'll have to buy it from InGen. It's a multi billion dollar like thing. Like it totally sounds yeah. exactly like that book. But no, that would be totally cool. And I think, yeah, like they need to look to Disney to get, and maybe not at this one in LA because it is a smaller it is a smaller section of the park. It's not really an experience like uh, Orlando can offer. But man, once this stuff all sweeps over to Orlando, which we feel like it's going to, that would be great to have stuff like that. That would up the experience that Orlando is currently missing right now. Yeah. Um, and they desperately need. Yeah. But I think that um, that might wrap it up for today. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all we got. Right. That's it. That's that's a short episode, right? <laughs> yeah, two and a half hours. It's whatever. <laughs> oh. oh, well, um... I hope everybody you might be able enjoyed to edit the that down with all my coughing I did. No, it's not bad. But yeah, that's it, man. That's all we got. So um, might as well tell everybody where they can find you online. You can find me at Aaron D. Byer on Twitter, and you can check out my IMDb, which, like I say all the time, is wildly out of date. Um, <laughs> but I want to say the last movie I worked on was Endgame. So if that's still in theaters, you can go check that out. No, I think I think they're like this movie's not going to make any more money. Let's just take it out. It's no, it's done. We need to take out Avatar for no other reason <laughs> than I want to have worked on the number one grossing movie of all time. Like Avatar is a fine movie, and it, it totally deserves to be number one where it's at. But let's wipe it out of there. I yeah, I, I think it will. I, I have no doubt that it'll it'll get up there. So I'm excited for that. To be honest, yeah. I, I'd like to see yeah, that. I love Avatar. I obviously just talked about it quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's it guys. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Jurassic wire and stay tuned. I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about next time in the theme parks with Mattel, with everything else, Jurassic world. It's going to be good. Yep. Have a good one, man. Take it easy. Thank you so much for listening to the 190th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. 190, that's a that's a big number there. We're getting close to 200. Um, of course, we still have 10 weeks or so, depending if, the, if we uh, hit all 10 weeks in a row. But um, we're almost to 200, and, and that's a big deal, I think. So, you know, this wouldn't be possible without all the amazing contributors and everybody out there who helps support the podcast and, you know, contribute to the podcast. So... I, yeah, it's, I'm pretty grateful. This is awesome that we're getting so high up in the numbers there. And of course, thank you so much to Aaron for this episode and also for helping to build the awesome segment uh, known as The Wire. Um, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. You know, it's such a fun segment. We always have a blast discussing all the most recent news um, and stuff like this like today where we can talk about theme parks um, for a while, uh, Jurassic World Evolution for a little bit, and... Of course, r- news and rumors surrounding Jurassic World 3 slash Battle at Big Rock. I think it's it's awesome that we have a space where we can kind of uh, come up with theories and ideas as to what these things are and what's going to happen, who's doing what, what's going where. Um, it's always fun to do that and kind of have that for at least once one episode a month because I actually haven't recorded a ton. It's usually just The Wire and The Mailbag, so... Um, I like to actually have a moment to chat with others about what's going on in the world of Jurassic Park. So it's always fun. But of course, make sure to go follow Aaron over on Twitter at Aaron D. Beyer. He's got some great stuff going on there. And make sure to follow his film projects as well. 
And of course, we gotta read some reviews here. So I uh, I queued up a few here that I'm excited to read. And of course, if you don't know what's going on here, make sure to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Um, leave a five-star review and we'll get around to reading each and every one out there to showcase you guys as well because you guys put in some hard work to listen to all these episodes. These things are like... Anywhere from like an hour and a half to two hours almost every week. And I I apologize. And I know I shouldn't be because you guys told me not to in the reviews. But I I still feel like I should. But I, I really do appreciate everybody taking the time to write these reviews. So the first one we have here is The Seeking Disciple. And it says, Great, clean, fun on JP. Um, it says, I enjoy the Jurassic Park series from the books to the movies. This podcast focuses on all things Jurassic Park from the books to toys and everything in between. I appreciate that this podcast is clean so even my kids can listen to it and enjoy. Thanks for, thanks guys for the podcast. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the type of demeanor that I'm, I'm looking for when it comes to this podcast. I want to create a fun a uh, wholesome environment for everybody that you know has kids and and family members who want to listen to stuff about Jurassic Park, um, and I don't want to kind of single out uh, a certain select audience. I, I want to have a show that everybody can listen to. So I'm, I appreciate actually hearing from people that are listening with their kids. It makes me feel good that like the Jurassic word is spreading throughout all ages. I just love that so much. So thank you so much, uh, The Seeking Disciple there. Um, Next up, we have one from Maru TNF, and it says, Great podcast. And also, it's great to have a podcast to honor Jurassic Park and everything related. I can listen to it while driving. Great job, guys. Look, thank you, Maru TNF. (laughs) Um, uh, And it seems like a lot of people reach out to say that it's a great show for driving. So I don't listen to it while I'm driving, but I always wonder what people are are using to listen to the podcast, whether it's just your phone playing it on the speaker or your headphones or, you know, a big speaker at home or watching it on iTunes. Oh, that's not it. I meant YouTube (laughs) Um, or even in your car. So I hope it sounds good in everybody's stereos out there. Um, But uh, yeah, it's definitely got the length of uh, a long car ride. So if you're Taking short trips every day to work, it's not the podcast for you. But uh, if you're driving long ways like I am, it might work. That That's a good thing. So I'm glad I could uh, provide you with some comfort and uh, safety as long as you are driving safely uh, and not listening to me and being like, what is this guy talking about for Jurassic? Like, he has no idea what he's saying. And he's he's messing up everybody's emails and can't read and can't talk. And then you get so angry that you're just like, Argh! so I hope that's not happening. But um, <laughs> I hope it's a nice, safe drive for everybody while listening to a uh, show about Jurassic Park. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, I guess that's going to wrap it up, though, for this episode. One thing I want to say to everybody out there um, who's listening to this show right now, go ahead and leave a review for other podcasts. Um, I know I ask for reviews here, but leave a review for somebody else. And I, I think we take for granted the um, the shows that we listen to and the free content that we're getting. So I think... I've done it before where I, re- I realize I've been listening to a show for years and I never even left a review. And I'm like, oh, man. So once I started to get into podcasting a lot heavier, I was like, all right, I got to go back. I got to leave some reviews for all these shows to make sure that everybody feels supported and whatnot. So if you have other podcasts out there, 
go ahead and please leave them reviews. I'd really appreciate it if you just spread the word for everybody out there and make the podcasting community a greater place and make everybody feel good. So keep doing that. Make sure that's your goal for this week to make everybody feel good in the podcasting world. Um, And uh, leave a review for us next week. That's fine. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Have a wonderful Jurassic Park week out there. And we'll see you next week. I'm going to go ahead and roll the credits. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.